Heavenly Father, we've sung and we've called you Abba Father. We've sung of who you are. And Lord, we pray now that you'd help us. Lord, we want today to be a day that's full of Christ. A day when we see him more clearly, where we love him, where we have hearts that are moved towards him. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Great, let me start by saying, I, um, I don't think today we're going to tackle um, anything which you're going to go, wow, that's revolutionary, I've never ever heard of that before. I don't think there's anything new in what we're going to look at today. Um, I also don't think there's probably anything that's surprising in what we're going to look at today. But let me tell you what we are, you may say, oh great, this is a really great start, John. Um, actually, what I want today to be about is not so much about cramming our heads full of new information, but it's about allowing some of the things that we know are true to really work out in our lives. So what I do want to say, and what I've been praying for today, is that all of us would leave with specific things that we want to do or ask God to help us to do in the light of what we've seen. So I'm hoping that they'll be really practical. And that means that we're going to look at this passage um, this, in this first session, but in the session after lunch, we're going to look at a couple of passages um, fairly briefly, but then we're going to have quite a lot of time just to discuss it and to think about it. We're going to have a, a question panel where we can ask some questions of, of, of people and hear about how other people try and live to follow Jesus. And perhaps you're going to have a chance to ask any questions you want and, um, so that we can really think about how we help each other to follow Jesus. So I hope that's um, helpful to you. I hope that's exciting um, for you. And let me start, though, by setting the scene um, let me give you a couple of images um, in your mind. This is, this is lazy preaching, by the way. Um, this is, I couldn't decide which of these two images I preferred, so we're going to use both. Um, and so cyclists in London um, who do that thing when they get to traffic lights and they don't want to stop. They don't want to put their foot down. Right? It's so irritating. I find it, it stresses me out so much. I'm like, please just put your foot down. It's, it's okay. It doesn't matter. But there's a real kind of like... When you, sti- when you stop moving forward, you lose all balance. You, you begin to fall. And the image I want us to see today is that as Christians, we want to be moving forwards. We want to be people who are making progress. Now, it may be that you're only going forwards very slowly. The question, I, I'm not interested particularly in how fast you're going forwards. I'm interested in the fact, are we moving forwards? Or have we stopped? And perhaps today is a day for us, for God by his spirit to give us a little push to get us moving again. So I want that image to be in our minds of moving forwards, making progress. That's what today's about. But let me just warn you in case you think, oh man, this is just going to be a day where I feel rubbish all day. Let me give you uh, the second image. And then I'll give you the third image. The second image... um, that I want you to have is of Neil Armstrong landing on the moon and uh, his famous quote, which he may not have actually said quite the way he said it, but anyway, it works better this way. So, he said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I want you just to focus on the one small step thing and I want you to remember that the way you move forward is by making one small step. That's how you move forward as a Christian. Here's what I think we do. 
I think we go, I'm so rubbish. Oh, wow, there's an amazing Christian. They're perfect in every single way. I want to get to there. And then we try and we can't. And it just reinforces how rubbish we are. Do you know what I mean? It's a sort of, I should pray more. I'm not praying. I'm hardly praying at all. I'm going to get up every morning at five. I'm going to pray for two hours every morning before I leave for work. And you perhaps do it for a day or two, but it's, you can't. I'm not asking you to go from there to there. I'm asking you to go from here to here. What is the one small step that you could make? That's what we're going to be thinking about. I don't want anyone to leave this, after, this afternoon feeling crushed by the idea that I could make one step forward. I could move. I could move forward. So that's what we're about, okay? One small step. That's what I want you to keep thinking about. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't say, I want to try and get to where they are. You say, what, Jesus, what do you want, how do you want me to make one small step forward? I think that's exciting. Because we can all move forward by God's power. So in this first session, we're going, I'm going to read a bit of um, Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38. And in particular, our focus really is on um, this core value, discipling. We have four core values. This is the one that we're focusing Sorry. <laughs> this is the one that we're particularly focusing on today, discipling. What does it mean to be a disciple? Equipping a generation to live. What does it mean to be a disciple? Well, let me read um, what Jesus says it means. Because that seems to me to be a good place to start. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. This is straight after Jesus has just said, what we read a minute ago, that he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and teachers and be killed and then rise. So verse 34. Then he called the crowds to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple, great, so we're absolutely bang on theme, this is what Jesus thinks about discipleship. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. We're going to think about discipleship. And even in that idea of discipleship, in Jesus' understanding of what it means to be a disciple, do you see that there's movement? Take up your cross and follow me. You move forward. You take steps. Um, I went to the cinema this week with my uh, family and we went to see Christopher Robin. What a lovely film that is. Very predictable, uh, very obvious what's going to happen, but very sweet all the same, particularly if you're a fan of Christopher Robin. Uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh, (laughs) he's the one. Winnie the Pooh's terrific, he's very cute. Um, And if you know anything of the stories of Winnie the Pooh, if you don't know who Winnie the Pooh is, by the way, he's a little teddy bear. Um, And... uh, he has all sorts of adventures. And one of his adventures, which is a very exciting adventure, is when he goes hunting for heifer-lumps. He and his friends go on a heifer-lump expedition. And they find the tracks of a heifer-lump in the snow. And they follow the tracks of the heifer-lump. 
and they follow it for hours and hours and hours and hours uh, until they realise they're walking around in circles following their own tracks. Because the big idea is that there is no heffalump. Heffalumps don't actually exist. It's just this kind of thing that this monster that's killed. But they follow these tracks, learning today. Actually, all of us follow in some footsteps or other. And Jesus is saying, if you want to be a disciple, follow my footsteps. Don't go round and round in circles, round the tree, following some loser who's not going anywhere. Follow me, Jesus says. And so today, it's as if Jesus has walked a path. There are footprints in the snow, and he says, now, come on, place your feet in my footprints. That's what it means to be a disciple. To follow, to walk in his footsteps, to move forward. Not to stop at traffic lights and fall off, but to keep going, to keep moving. When you have setbacks, to dust off the snow, to get back to the tracks and keep going. To keep walking in his footsteps. That's what it means to be a disciple. You know, I think the danger is that I tend to think of discipleship as a technique that I need to learn. You know, there's a course. Let's do a course on discipleship. There's a book on discipleship. There's a how to be a better disciple. And we think it's about some techniques that we can learn, some skills I need to get better at. No, discipleship is following Christ. That's it walking in his footsteps. And Jesus breaks that down into three bits in verse 34. This isn't difficult, you can see it, right? Anyone wants to be my disciple, what must they do? Deny themselves, take up their cross, follow me. That's what a disciple does. That's what we're going to think about um, this morning. So firstly, it's about denial. It's about self-denial, it's not about me getting benefit for myself. Now, this is hard for us, okay? Because we all have a little thing inside us called self that likes us to say yes to it. I want you to imagine it like a little creature thing that's kind of me, choose me, me, do me, I'm, I want this. And all the time... We're driven by this self within us that is making demands of us, saying, no, go this way, choose this, do this, follow these footsteps, go this way. A little self inside us. It's what in other places is called the sinful nature. um, I I don't normally tell you Greek words, but this is a good Greek word. Um, the Greek word for the sinful nature is sarx. And it's a good word because it sounds like a kind of little... There's a sinful nature, there's a self within us that wants to go one way. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow him, you have to spend your life saying no to self. No to sarx. No to that little piece inside you that says, go take what you want. It is fascinating in life. When something happens, often the question is, how will this impact me? So I think when when it came to Brexit, voting on Brexit, most people thought, no, I'm not making any comment about in, out, shake it all about. I don't care, right? The point I'm making 
is that for most people in our country, their number one question is, what will it do to me? How will it affect my finances, my security, my bank balance? The budget's going to be announced this week. And there are always radio shows. What does it mean for you? What does the budget mean for you? How's your income going to be changed by... Because we, that's actually what we care about. Housing. And I went along, and everything in me was like, okay, is this going to affect... And we think, right? We want to choose things that benefit us. We want to choose the things that do us good, and we want to kind of avoid the things that are hard. I think the striking thing about discipleship in the Bible is that it means saying no to self. And as we say no to self, as we say no to those things that actually would benefit us, then there's the second thing. You don't just say no to self. It's, just not, it's not just a negative thing. You don't just go around going, no, no, no. There is a positive to the no. You say no to self and instead you take up a cross. You take up a cross. Now let me ask you this question. If you saw someone in, in the days when Jesus lived, if you saw someone carrying a cross, what would you know about them? What would you know? They're going to die, right? They're going to die. And they're going to die, not in a glorious, heroic way, not as a a hero who's going to be humiliated. Say no to self, and you walk a road which is going to be costly. It's not a road that anyone is going to applaud. It's not a road that people are going to stand alongside. Wow, you're fantastic. What a wonderful person you are. It's actually a road that's going to be shameful. It's a road that's going to cost. Now again, everything in us wants status spoken of. Everything in us wants people to be impressed by us. But Jesus says that's not discipleship. Um, As elders, we went away um, for a a weekend a a little while ago. Not just to have fun. uh, We we had a nice time. Um, But to discuss this. One of the reasons we're doing this today is that just at the start of September, we went away together and we said, what, is discipleship, what does it mean to be a disciple? We, and we spent a whole morning kind of discussing it and pulling it apart, and that's where lots of these thoughts have come out of. And I think the thing that really struck me particularly was this idea of cost. It's really costly to be a disciple of Jesus. And I want discipleship that doesn't cost me anything, Right? I want discipleship that's fairly easy. But according to Jesus, that's not discipleship. It will cost us. And I think it is very interesting that Jesus, as he sets out, as he explains to his disciples, he's so clear with them. This will cost. And so there's a question for us to think through. There's a question that says, Are we willing? Are we willing to pay that cost? And some of we don't like this, right? (laughs) I don't want it to cost. And yet Jesus says it must. But it's not cost for no sake. It's not some self-denial for some random weird reason where we just kind of punish ourselves to make ourselves feel miserable. You know how sometimes you see in films like the Da Vinci Code, there's the... 
That's probably not a very good film to have mentioned. Never mind. Da Vinci Code, where there's the monk who sort of beats himself up, and it's not that. It is self-denial and cost for others. You see, think of the road Jesus walked, his Jesus walking his steps. He's not asking you to walk in any way different to what he walked. He walked this way. He walked a road of self-denial where he denied what Satan came and offered him. You can have anything you want. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm going this way. He walked the road of cost, not status. He walked a road of shame and suffering and humiliation and he did it for you. That's, it's cost for others. To be a disciple means saying no to self, being willing to pay the cost. That means getting out of the driving seat of our life and letting Jesus take control. That means that someone else sets the direction. If, if, you're, if someone says to you, look, look, just follow me, right? You just have to follow them. I used to be a youth leader many years ago and I was usually so long ago, it was before mobile phones were, like, existed. <laughs> Bizarre. And, and we used to go out and, like, we'd take the youth, as before kind of health and safety existed as well, to be honest. <laughs> and we used to pack the kids into cars. Like, you'd ram in, like, as many as you could. Uh, and then you'd have, like, three or four leaders' cars. We'd just rammed with kids out, sticking out of every hole. And then you... Um, and then one person would go, where are we going? And the person in the front would go, oh, I know the way. Fine, we'll follow you. And off we'd all go. And there'd be like six cars in a row, rammed with kids. And of course the trouble was, you'd inevitably get there and you'd only have like four cars. And the other two cars had disappeared somewhere because they'd got lost. And they, but there was no way of them ever finding you again. <laughs> because we had no money, so they'd just have to end up back at, we'd all rendezvous at the end of the evening and they'd have gone and done something completely different. Because when you follow, you, you don't know. You, you need the person in front of you. And Christ is saying, you need me. You need to follow me. Someone in the car, and you're driving behind them, and they go this way. You go, well, I know a better way. I know a shortcut. And so off you go on your own little way, because you think you know better. And actually, you're quite smug about that. So I'm going to go... To follow you, of course. I realise that now has kind of ruined this illustration, and everything's spoiled by modern technology. But, <laughs> but Jesus says, "No, you follow me." It's so simple. Being a Christian is simple. Jesus says, "Just follow me," and there's a relationship in that. And that's the image I want us to have. That's the cry of our hearts. Today, I want the cry of our hearts to be, Jesus, how can I follow you? I want to follow you. Show me how. Teach me. But I do just want to see, um, answer this question, well, why would anyone want to do that? Why would you want to follow Jesus? In the sense of, you know, when Jesus comes and says, hey, look, why don't you follow me? Yeah, great, we're into a place called suffering and shame. That's where we're going. Do you want to come? Why do you ever want to go that way? Well, look what verse 35 says. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? 
You have a soul. You're more than just a body. Your soul is infinitely precious. So precious, in fact, that the whole world is not enough to pay for one soul. Isn't that extraordinary? You're more than just a body. You have a soul. And that soul can be lost. When Jesus uses that word life, it is the word soul that he's talking about. The inner you. The spirit you. So of course our culture wants to say, no, you're just a body. And if you're just a body, then that's fine. You know, so our culture will say, you know, once I was a tadpole grubbing in the mire until I became ambitious and started to aspire and rub my tail most vigorously upon a sunken log until it disappeared completely and I found myself a frog. And still I had ambition as the eons onward spread so I crawled out of the puddle and up onto the dry ground and the feeling that was in me was frisky and grand. It made me sort of excited so I climbed on a tree and I spent some eons evoluting in bed so I could have traipsing on the hard earth every day. So for the second time in the process the appendage passed away. Once again I evoluted and believe me if you can I awoke one summer's morning and found myself a man. That's what our culture wants to say. That's all you are. Thank you very much. That's all you are. <laughs> See, you can... <laughs> That, that poem, that wasn't just a kind of, oh, look. That poem, I remember a man coming to my church when I was very little. And he talked about this, and he talked about having a soul. And it had a deep impact on me. And he quoted that poem, and I learnt it as a kid. Because I wanted to remember. It, it really moved me to say, that is not what I am. I'm not once a tadpole. I am Body and soul. It's what we've seen in Genesis. And Jesus knows that. Jesus says, what good is it for you to gain the whole world but give up your soul? What good is that? Your soul can be lost. But verse 37, look at this extraordinary question. What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What are you going to pay What are you going to pay that your soul should live and not die? What are you going to pay that you should live forever in heaven rather than be punished in hell? What will you pay? What have you got? Even if you've got the whole world, you've not got enough. He says, I'll tell you what I'll give in exchange for your soul. I'll give myself. Jesus will say in two two chapters later in Mark, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, to give himself in exchange for you. Why would you walk the road of the cross? Why would you pay? Why would you say no to self? Why would you take up your cross? Why would you follow Christ? Because he exchanged his life for you. He gave everything for your soul. He paid for you. You're his. And therefore today, there is no sense today in which we need to feel guilty and rubbish about our failure. There is no sense in which today we need to feel like we need to pay anything for our soul. Jesus has paid it all. He's paid it all. 
And discipleship is not how you earn your way into his kingdom. Discipleship is how you live when you have been paid for by Jesus. So t- today, this is, this is our simple definition of discipleship. Walking in the footsteps of Christ. Moving forward. Following Jesus. Saying no to self. Paying the price. And following him. I just want you to um, take a moment um, of quiet to think and to pray. Think about what we've heard. Perhaps you want to say thank you to Jesus for what he has done um, for you. And perhaps you want to ask him, perhaps you want to say sorry for the ways in which you've shied away from the cost. Perhaps you want to ask him today, Jesus, please teach me to follow you. I do want to follow you. Why not ask him now? Um, and pray to him. And then we're going to spend some time singing and responding together and saying, yeah, Jesus, we want to be a church. We want to be individuals who pay the price, who pay that cost to follow you. We're going to think practically in the next session about what that might look like. What does it mean? What does cost look like to us? Do we have to run around trying to find hard things to do? No, no. There's plenty of hard things to do. We'll see those in the second session. But I want to root it. I want to root it here in Christ, in this beautiful call. Hey, follow me. Here's the footsteps, follow me. Why don't we take a moment of quiet and then um, I'll pray together. A moment of quiet.